This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the From the Back Tees podcast, a podcast that is from the back tees. That is our name. I am your co-host on this podcast voyage, Jerry Lewin. With me, as always, is Zachary Penser, the founder of this whole ship bang. Zach, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I'm all right. Don't nobody worry about me. Speaking of from the back tees, I, uh, I'm just going to cut into it right away. Uh, as some people might have saw on Twitter, I played 13 holes at Bandon Dunes, the original course, the other night, and my a couple with a couple co-workers, uh, a couple caddies named Casey and uh, Slim, and they... Uh, Casey really wanted me to mention him on the podcast. We got a new listener. And he's Shout out, Casey. Yeah, hello, Casey. Um, he's the one who sold me those uh, irons that I'm absolutely loving and the five wood and whatnot. But um, Slim said, hey, let's play the U.S. Amateur Tees, or at least let's go back to the farthest back tee boxes that you can go to. And if you guys check out my Twitter feed, at Jerry Lou Looper, take two, at Jerry Lou Looper one, I have a couple of videos. You can see how like the tee isn't very manicured and... And, and on that specific hole, number seven, I don't know what the yardage was, but I hit driver seven iron, pin high. Felt pretty good about that. Number 11 played at a 470, uh, par four, wind in your face. Um, 12 was a crosswind, 238-yard par three. I mean, it was from the back tees, baby. It was tremendous. How do you do on the 470? On the what? How do you do on the hole that was 470? Uh, to my recollection, I was the only one... Oh, no, I, I, uh, I kind of... What did I do? I was the only one in the fairway. I pierced my drive, and it probably went all of 185 yards. So, like, when we got up to, like, the normal tee boxes where we put our, our, our clubs or whatever, my ball was, like, 50 yards or 100 yards past that, just sitting right in the middle of the fairway. I'm like, well, that's where sky tee shots go in the wind. But uh, then I think I ripped my five-wood uh, about pin high to the left. So I was pin high in two... But I was off to the left in the shit in, like, some really thick grass on a hillside. And I peered my chip right out over the green. And I wound up taking a six on the hole. <clears throat> a six on a par four when I was pin high in two. So the distance, that's why, despite whatever my handicap's been, I've always played from the back tees, ironically, uh, my whole life. Because it's like, well, I have the distance. I, I don't. My game's not that refined in other places. But, I mean, I've always been able to drive the ball far. And, shoot, I think on number nine at Bandon, I don't know what the part. It was a par five. I don't know what it was measuring, but... I took driver up the left side, and then I hit my five wood. I was a little downwind, sure, but I hit my five wood. I think like two ninety, like I just towards the green. I was three thirty out, and I was forty yards from the green after I hit my five wood. So two ninety. I would take two ninety. Yeah. So yeah. Anyways, how I, you been? How was your week? I played some golf. I played twice this week. Uh, my irons very sharp. Driver horrid. For the last like two years, I'm convinced I've hit like five percent of fairways. And it's starting mm-hmm. to drive me insane. I'm convinced I could take 15 shots off my game. Well, do you ever hit three wood much? Like off the tee? Or that doesn't go straight or... either. Mm-hmm. So okay. I just figure if I'm going to hit it far, may as well hit it. <laughs> if I'm going to hit it out of bounds, may as well hit it farther out of bounds. Agreed, yeah, especially with the new rule changes now. So, so uh, I mean, now let me ask you just in terms of like Canada versus American. Like, how much do you pay for a round of golf? And do you get a cart also? Uh, it depends where you're going. I can't tell you exactly how much a round of golf is, because to be honest, I barely played where I'm not a member. 
Oh, yeah. my, but I would guess it would probably be around 40, 50 bucks Canadian, which is like 30 US. And the carts, no, we always have to pay for the carts. What about you guys? Well, I, I noticed there was a big paradigm and shift, and it also guess I just depends on the company. Like Billy Casper Golf, which manages over like 200 golf courses in this nation, um, this nation that I'm speaking of, which is America, they uh, they have a thing where like the cart fees are just baked into the greens fees. Like if you don't if you want to walk, okay, well you're still paying full price, whatever. And their whole thing is like if people have carts, they play faster. So I thought that was a godsend because as a kid having a golf cart, I thought was the biggest privilege in the world. And now like. I go to places because I insist on having a golf cart because I'm like, really? well, where else am I going to get Who's going to hold my beer? You know, I don't have a caddy. And uh, Well, I guess and you I'm have the right to take a golf cart because you walk the course like all day, every day. I, yeah, and I get, <clears throat> it's like my friend Slim uh, says every time he texts me, he says, hey, let's go play golf. I'm like, where do you want to play? Uh, Coos Golf Club, the Elks, you know, the Crossings. What do you want? He's like, no, nah, man, we got Band Dudes Golf Resort right here. A great resort for free at our fingertips. And I'm just like, <sighs> Yeah, but they want you to work that day, and I'm, I'm, I already carry my bag for a living. I don't want to carry my own bag if I don't have to. I mean, I'm an adult now. I like to smoke and drink and drive a golf cart. No, exactly. It's like your your time off. You don't want to be the one doing what you do anyways. And not to mention, when I carry my own bag out at Bandon Dunes, my bag is so light and comfortable, it makes me pissed at everyone else I have to carry their bags or whatever, because I'm just like, why can't you have like my bag? Like It's just a Sun Mountain. You know, maybe you ditch a couple of head covers, don't take too many extra balls. Hell, I had four beers, cans of beer in my golf bag the other day, and I put two more in there to see if it'd feel any worse, and it didn't. I'm like, I'm just, it, my, my golf bag's perfect, and I got it for $15. It was a used swap-out bag we had at the resort. I mean... They put bricks in it just to fuck with you. No, that's, it, it's ballast. You need it sometimes when it gets windy out there, so... So yeah, that was a lot of fun playing the amateur tees, like literally playing from the back tees. Uh, you played your two rounds of golf. Was there um, shoot? You, uh, what do you uh, what do you want to get into in terms of, like what's happened this week, uh, golf wise? Or I got a work story for you, but uh, it sounds like we might be getting a pretty big interview coming up uh, squared away here. We have a new friend or fan of the show. Yeah, I mean we don't want to ruin it before it's coming, but hopefully we got some big names, potential ma- major winner. That's like a no, tip. We'll give a hint every time. He was a major winner. He wasn't a potential No, major potential winner. major winner coming on the show. Yeah, he was definitely a major we, we, winner. We, there is the possibility... Use a different word than potential. <laughs> <laughs> There's a possibility that a major winner will be on the show. There you go, see? You'll get a new hint every week as we try and lock it down. And if we don't, we just <laughs> never will talk about it again. Excuse me. <laughs> of course, yeah. So, I, oh, and I also, I'll give people a quick update here. I did post on Twitter if they had any cues for us. Uh, spit them our way, I'll read them live. We have one that I can't tell if it's quite a question, but we'll try to deal with it in a little bit. So, um, okay, I'll just, you know what, I'll just save that. We'll tease that news of our new uh, golf celebrity friend. Uh, so, some of you folks might have seen on Twitter yesterday a video I posted of this uh, kid, this 11-year-old kid swinging a golf club, and then me looking at the camera just, like, dumbfounded. It was his 11th birthday. He's from Oregon, like up in the Portland area, and he, uh, my God, he shot 86 at Old Mac, not from the kids' tees, um, and he had, like, back-to-back triple bogeys on 9 and 10. He had a couple other double bogeys, but, I mean, this kid was really good golfer. He had such high golf maturity and IQ, like, I've never seen before an 11-year-old. Like, any step higher, and he would have been full-blown cocky. Like, if this kid was, like, 19 or 20, you'd probably want to punch him in the face because he was just, like... Like, at one point on the first screen, I asked him, his, and his name's Cash, 
his first name is Cash. That's savage. I said, Cash, you want the flag in or out, buddy? And he said, uh, "There's these." We were paired with, like these two other thirty-year-old golfers. So it was Cash, his dad. His dad was pulling, a, had a pull cart, and I was caddying for Cash. First time he's ever had a caddy. And uh, he said, um, "He's like, oh, you can pull the flag out." And I go pull it. And then as I'm walking away, he's just like, I, "There's just some." And he said it earnestly too. He wasn't being like a dick. He said, "There's just something satisfying about hearing the ball go in the hole." And I'm just like, and then I look at these other two guys who were golfing. They're looking at each other like, "Who the fuck?" Is this guy's this eleven. Guy? And he proceeds like like hold a thirty foot birdie putt on the first hole or whatever. I'm just like I'm like who is this kid? Because at first I keep getting these loops where I joke with my manager saying it must be my profile it must be my profile saying Jerry Lou is good with kids caddying wise or whatever. Whatever. At least the the good the good news is if you're rich enough to spend money on your kid to have a round of golf bandoons, they're usually pretty mature enough or not obnoxious or like you know you you don't mind taking them on the golf course so. I went to caddy for David Oliver's uh, two kids uh, back in the day, uh, like a couple months ago, which was awesome. This kid was even better. I mean, it was, and his, his folks, like his mother and his grandmother met us on the 18th green. And without even, I didn't even know their names. She wanted to get my information to, uh, to be his caddy when he comes back up here for tournaments. So I've always joked around saying that it's like, that's how you get on tours. Like you hit your wagon to a young gun or whatever. I hate to say it, it's like, this is how it's going to have to work if I were to be a tour caddy or whatever, is just be like, okay, I just got to be that nice guy at the resort that he likes to go to, and then maybe, if he's comfortable enough, then I could be his caddy. Technically, I've been his only caddy in his career, so... So when this guy goes big time, we got the end. Well, he's. it's funny, because in his age group, he's only 11, and out of like 50 kids, he's only middle of the road. And I'm like, this This is like the best... But I think his swing speed rivals mine. I'm, and I say that because I don't have a very fast swing speed. Like, I'm pretty smooth with the, the club. You've seen the swing or whatever. I don't, I don't mash it like... Very smooth. Thank you. So but, uh, smooth. But like this kid, when he first swung the club as a practice swing, I'm like, what the hell's happening here? And then he just bombed his driver down number one. I'm like, what? I mean, it was... How far does he drive it? 200 yards at least. That's crazy. For an 11-year-old? I shit you not. Yeah, he, um, God, what hole was it he had me add up? Uh, yeah, number 16 at Old Mac. It was a hole with a crosswind. He hit the drive, and, and it, out of all, finally, that that was the hole where he finally asked me. He's like, hey, how far did I hit this one? He hadn't asked me that all day, and I did the math or whatever. And he hit it 190, but it was a huge crosswind kind of going up a hill. So, I mean, I was, I, I did the math wrong at first. I told him 290, just a mess of them. But, uh, but no, he, uh, he hit it 190. Like, he, he, like anytime I'd say like, well that trap is a uh, 140 to carry. He'd be like, oh I got that, and he'd, like go grab a club from his bag, and just walk up to his ball. He's like, like I said, if he wasn't so nice and earnest, like I'd swear he was a cocky little shit. And he eleven. He sounds like he has the right. He sounds like he has the right to be cocky. Well, and that's that's kind of what I tie into like how when I catted for the Wall Brothers and Brendan Hansen for the four ball, uh, their arrogance to me, and I'll call it what it is. Those kids were fucking cocky as shit. But, that being said, like I said, it was like watching four guys like Iceman, Val Kilmer style, uh, from Top Gun come into the room. It was just like, oh, you have four guys who are really good. They're going to, like, jokingly say everyone else is terrible, even if they're just as good, you know? Just, like, the competition breeds camaraderie, so to speak. And and this kid, it was it's, it's the exact same way. Like, it, you you got to have swagger. I mean, I know you got to go to the range. we got to do something, one thing or another, to uh, improve our game. But for me, I find... Like, every single hurdle left in golf for me is all between the ears. Every single one of them. It has nothing to do with, like, learning a new shot or beating balls or whatever. I know the golf swing. I know the golf flight. I know physics. I know patterns. I know everything like that. It's all about staying focused and staying confident. Mostly those two things. 
And that's why I, I told y'all, fuck practice. I really apologize. I know that offended some people, and I still get heat for it. I'm not going to take down the tweet, though, because it's it's really us getting our own way. That Like, what other sport can we really, you know, talk about that, Zach? I mean, it's like maybe tennis. No, it's true. It's, and I think in every sport, as a professional, I feel like it would be very hard to make it to be, like, the top 1% of the 1% of your sport without being incredibly arrogant or cocky. I, I mean... You take Michael Jordan, for example. <clears throat> he was very good at a handful of things, but in terms of being an all-around basketball player, he wasn't the best, but he was the best at a few things that made him stay on top, like his killer instinct to want to beat you. And it's not like he had like the best jump shot. It's just like, well, if he needed that jump shot to beat you, he would work on it. If he needed to work on his defense to beat you, he would work on that. Like It's, it's kind of like Tom Brady-esque, so to speak. I mean, tell him he's slow, he's going to work on his footwork. Even though he's still slow, he's going to make a conscientious effort to make himself faster and then he's going to tell himself and everyone else I'm the fastest man in the world and if that's what works for him it's the only way you can him. make it yeah so everyone get up off kept his nutsack <clears throat> so who did you pick last week for the BMW championship I forgot honestly I forgot it honestly, didn't go well we made, it didn't go well <clears throat> I know we made some lackadaisical picks there because I just kind of settled on Hideki who in a, such a lovely fashion, goes and shoots the course record on Friday, leading the tournament going into the weekend, and then completely poops in the Tempur-Pedic on Saturday, shooting one of the one of four or five over par rounds that day. I checked. That has and to be the craziest three rounds, like played maybe ever, to go so course record. But then as a B story, the very next day you got. The spoiler himself, John, Justin Thomas. I mean, we should call him Dillinger. I mean, that guy will just go out there and be like, "Well, look, he's like one of the dude perfect guys." Where it's like you can't do that, or it's like, "Oh, you say that can't be done," and he'll just like, "Hey, course record, boom!" Then he nails it with eleven under. Yeah, and Hideki comes right back, comes right back around for a top five finish or a top three finish there, shooting another sixty three, which is moot. I mean, he basically know. shot the course record twice, twice. and still managed to not win or come second for that matter. Well, that being said, I think it goes to show you the power of there were only two players to finish over par for that tournament, and there were only a few guys in that final day to really have blowups, and it seemed pretty like bad. Like there was like a couple guys that shot seventy-eight or something. It's like, oh god. I mean, yeah, isn't Medina supposed to be like hard? What's that? Isn't Medina supposed to be like hard? You know, it's it's an old-fashioned course, so it's it's short. That's that's the thing, and 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 it was playing real soft, and uh, we heard the comments from Adam Scott where he said we're just going to go after it. And it's, I, I really like, I appreciate what he said about golf course design, where it's just like, and it's like, no, you don't have to make it longer. That's not the point, or whatever. It's like just design it smarter. That's all. I mean, think your way around it. Most good architects are for, are former golfers for a reason. Like they think like a golfer. I mean, it's, it's how it works. Yeah. So, <laughs> so JT dominated. So now this, and this, as uh, most of our fans, uh, the dozens and dozens of you listening out there probably already know, um, this translates into a special scoring format coming into the Tour Championship. So Zach, can you catch everybody up on what the standings are, what the scores are right now? So the way it works is whoever is first heading into the Tour Championship starts at 10 under, second 8 under, third 7, four, six, so on. And then at four under, you have five guys, three under, five guys, so on until even par. You got a couple guys there. And basically, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? I, I'm i not against it yet. I really don't. I don't know. I, 
I'm not a hot take kind of guy when it comes to things like that. Like, I need to sit and let an opinion marinate in my head for four to six months to really work on it. When it comes to stuff like this, I'm very curious to see how it works. I'm very much so, I think, because it's it's going to be grossly strange this first year. Obviously, as you and I were discussing in the pre-show runner, like when it's coming to our picks here, like how skewed things are just because these guys are starting with the scores that they got. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's... Uh, it's it, it remains to be seen. I I, it, I I hate to sound super vanilla or bland on the topic, but it's just it's gonna we're gonna we're gonna have to see it as it happens. I mean, it could be total egg on their face. It could be exciting. May, hopefully, these guys stay aggressive. I mean, yeah. I mean, I get their point doing it, but I agree with you. We gotta wait and see, and you never know. Maybe it will work out well. But I find it almost like impossible that guys like DJ who are starting three under. Fleetwood one under, DeChambeau even par, how are they going to catch up to Thomas, who's seven or eight or nine shots ahead of them? And even if they do catch up to Thomas because he plays poorly, they're not going to catch up to Brooks, who's five shots ahead of them, or Rory, who's four shots ahead of them. <coughs> Correct. And then no, I'm up with you on that. You're, pro- you're almost playing like the top guys need to screw up for the other guys to have a chance. And also, how's my guy... My Canadian Corey Connors going to win. Poor guy starts at one under. No chance. Well, as you uh, alluded to earlier, though, considering that there's only 30 people in the field, then maybe we have a shot at uh, finally picking a correct... Uh, oh, yes. Win. This is our time. Yeah, this is our time. So, well, speaking of that, let's let's get into it then. Uh, all these scores aside, who do you like for the tournament? Okay. Uh, my pick, since I'm not going to be the uh, homer going with the guy in first... I'm going to go at 7-under, Brooks Kepka, because, like they say, he knows how to win big tournaments. He's going to come out only going for first. He wants that $15 million up top. Not a bad payday. Yes. I think, I, would, I think Brooks catches up. I think he ties the lead after round one and then runs away with it from there. Indeed. I, um, the heavies out there, obviously, we got Kepka and Cantlay at 5-1, JT at 9-4. to four. Um, honestly, just because, man, I think I'm, I'm going to go with Hideki again. Cause, uh, three despite under. Being, despite only being 30 people in the field, I have I have him finishing at least in the top 10 again. And, um, gosh, like really, he's at 33 to 1, and that's pretty tight. That's pretty robust considering what we have left. I mean, in terms of uh, this is down to... You know, well, we've never done this before, Zach. Like we started uh, uh, like the podcast or the picks or whatever around like uh, the Sony Open, so to speak. So, yes. Uh, next year, though, I just thought of this now. First season. <laughs> next year, we are going to keep proper track of our picks. We will tweet them out. We will keep a proper standing of who's winning, and we have to have something on the line for the end of the year. Well, I don't know if you heard those podcasts with me and Tucker, but. Um, we were uh, we were wanting to talk like uh, get like board bets started or whatever where we just have crazy sh- stuff up there that like might la- take five to ten years to like f- flush out for some come to pr- any form of degenerate gambling I'm in. Well, it's not even necessarily gambling; it's just to generate a uh, generate golf controversy <laughs> like, on a very very like uh, petty level. I mean, that's right. But back to your Matsuyama pick. At first, I wasn't the biggest fan because he has. A good like 14 people ahead of him and the guy's way up but he clearly has gone low two of his last three rounds have essentially been course records so if he could have one 63 he should be right back in it or 
at least right in the top three. Uh, I hear that. I hear that. Um, oh, a uh, quick side note. You seen Wayne's World yet? I have not. Okay. Just curious, because uh, I had other people like listening to podcasts came up to like, Zach isn't watched Wayne's World? I'm just like, I don't know. My girlfriend's not happy with me. Oh, oh, fair enough, but I mean, like I said about Wayne's World, it's the same as uh, Chick-fil-A or, or Krispy Kreme, where it's like, yeah, it's fine, just don't go out of your way to get it, I mean, but make sure you, yeah, you at least try it. I'll have to watch it. I'm so bad with it's, TV, I watch The Office. That's it. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, especially considering um, streaming things are going to be taken off here soon, so I'm I'm always on, I'm always running from beginning through end, like, and starting over again, The Office, Parks and Rec, and Arrested Development. Parks and Rec is the greatest, and we don't have it. What's that? We don't have Parks and Rec on Canadian Netflix, and it is horrible. Oh, that's too bad. I know. Canadian I feel Netflix. like I'm in China, that they're restricting my viewing privileges. Well, that's what you get, because uh, you guys have, like, you know, as uh, as our friends at Dinger's Pod pointed out, uh, we get healthcare. Yeah, I know. Well, we get healthcare, too, if we pay for it in America. It's yeah. good. I'd just like to make a quick it's statement. It is not free, our healthcare. We do pay. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's that's that's not even an existential debate, really, in any regard. Where I look at like how you have like state healthcare systems and then privatized. Part of me looks at it like, yeah, it's literally heads and tails of a coin, but each fills up like the void fifty percent perfectly. Where it's just like, hey, I, I look at it like, pick one or the other. Do you? That's why I always like the capitalist enterprise of America, where it's just like, hey, make as much money you want and spend it on whatever you want. Okay, that I think if every human was allowed to do that and not hurt each other, we'd be in good shape. But, like, having the state run and own everything, yeah, that's going to work for some people, not everybody, some. I mean, I'm I'm glad I live in America, but my God, I'm sick of some of the individual freedoms that some people want to express in this country. Jesus Christ. I mean, it, it would make it would make soldiers not want to fight for our freedoms. Be like, no, 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 we'll, we'll come home and write laws instead of uh, shooting people to protect ours. I mean, it's anyway, fair, sorry. Fair point. We're, we're not going to get political. Though. you got to head to China. China, China, China. Uh, well, if you're in the golf industry, you know, China likes you. That's... China really, really wants golf teachers and instructors and professionals. Really? So, They're paying oh, big money yeah. for it? Yeah, I guess they'll, they want to get big in it. They'll pay you, like, I've heard huge salaries of um, up to 100 k You get a driver, you get an in- interpreter, so you need to learn Chinese, evidently. But, I mean, really? that's, that's what they're getting people to, like, draw, draw us away to expat or whatever, so to speak. I mean... If I'm an expat, it's going to be to a country that speaks my language, first of all. I'm, I'm not going to transplant that big. I mean, that's why I'm like, hey, I'll expat to Canada. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, come to Canada. It's nice and cold. I would say my Twitter audience, which is growing pretty big lately, and I'm, I'm kind of, I don't want to toot my own horn. I never thought that would happen. But I'm noticing there are a lot more more and more Canadians following me, and I, I caddy for a lot of Canadians, and I'm just like, oh, this is great. I have tons of friends who are Canadian. I kind of have a Canadian following now, so to speak. But I know I owe that all to you. It's booming. Where you're from and what you've started, so... I probably have an uptick in uh, Portland following, Oregon following. I don't know. Or it's Oregon's just like the, the, the thrift store version of California. Like, Oregon, just want, Oregon wants to be cool, but they don't want to pay any money for it. That's what the definition of being a hipster is. It's just being that's, individualistic and cheap. It's actually a very good definition. I, that's why I said it. Hipsters come at us. I stand by Jerry's statement. That is very... Well, that's, don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, but I've said this before, not on this podcast, but like Portland, Oregon constantly has a lot of protests and like 
minor anarchy demonstrations and some semi-violent things going on there. And I always say, all that angst is, angst is from the hipsters, and all the hipsters just need to find fucking jobs. If you were at your job and working, you wouldn't have time to sit around and get pissed about nothing. I Are mean, there that many hipsters in Portland? Would you say it's the hipster uh, capital? Well, it is hipster capital of the world. I'm, I'm not even shitting you, dog. Like, you've heard of the show Portlandia, right? Yeah. Do you have that on Canadian Netflix? I don't think so, but I've heard of it. Yeah. We it might. Is, don't quote me on it. I watched like the, the, a few episodes, but like halfway through the first one, I had to, I had to text my mom and say, "There's a, there's a uh, TV show on Netflix about Portland, and it's pretty goddamn like I had to. I, I think I'm gonna stop watching because I'm not gonna learn anything new about Portland. This is all." Like the first scenes, like them a couple going to a restaurant asking about how cruelty free are the chickens, and like the demand. Like at the end of the episode, it shows them finally having the waiter take them to the farm to see the chickens and okay. everything. It's like, do they all wear Man, vans? Sound... What's that? Does everyone in Portland wear vans, skateboard, and have like a button down flower shirt and untucked, uh, buttoned all the way to the top? Sometimes the bow tie, oh, button to the top, a, very a hipster, or a derby hat, um, ironic glasses that aren't for reading or for seeing. Um, I think who was <clears throat> I think Dimitri Martin, one of my favorite stand up comics, said it best where he said like he's like, How do hipsters dress themselves? And they just like close their eyes and reach in the closet and the first three things they touch they put on. <laughs> yeah. He's like, like, Oh look, uh, uh, a feather boa, uh, a plaid vest and a my little pony t shirt. It's like, Yep, that's a hipster right there. You just described a fucking hipster. Yeah, we don't have too many hipsters here. We have like hipster really? areas, but I blame the cold. Uh, usually, the cold doesn't let people hang out outside and be homeless and screw around or whatever. I it's mean, true. You're usually inside working, or you're inside drinking, or eating, or doing things with your family. I mean, and you can't be like, hipster with your like North Face winter jacket. It's just you need that jacket, whether it's yeah, hipster or not. If you if you want nice Galvin Green, you gotta slap that, that slap that corporate logo on you for sure. Um, so, well, speaking of, uh, is there anything you want to get back to the tour championship? Because there is something I want. To, now that we're talking Canada, I want to, I want to get on that with you. Um, there's one Canadian in the field, Corey Connors. One other guy who I like his chances. Who I feel like people are not talking about how good of a year he's having is Abraham Answer. Yeah, he's sneaky good. He's, he's just sneaky. low key been crushing it this year, and nobody talks about him. I forget somebody. Who was it? It might have been Pat Perez or somebody like way back in the day was talking about um, uh, this youngster coming out of Spain who was really, no, coming out of Mexico or Spain who was really good. And somebody's like, it wasn't Rom, it wasn't Sergio, <clears throat> but it was something like where they said this name merch. It's like, oh, it's obviously this guy. They're like, no, 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 his name's Abraham Answer. And this was like 10 years ago. They're like, never heard of him. It's just like, yeah, well, he's pretty good. Yeah, no, he's a... He he does he does pretty good at Augusta. I've seen. I uh, I kind of like him in Augusta. Yeah, I'm getting his tournament log. He has a fifth place, a fourth place, and two of the last. Oh no, to start the year, he has a T12, T16, T8, second T6, another T8. He's just been making bank. At the Northern yeah. Trust, he made nine hundred ninety-nine thousand dollars. Good lord! Didn't they? Say, I heard the no laying up guy say something about last place got like three hundred ninety-five k. In this event, yeah, three hundred ninety-five. Oh, yeah. I tweeted out too the payouts. It's crazy money. 
Well, you know, it's it's not – they earned it. Like, this is when they're playing their best golf, and oh, Kit no. Penley's been talking about it a lot. Uh, shout out Kit Penley also for getting uh, on Stuart Sink's bag. Uh, good for you. Did you just – what'd you do? You're making a face. I have to see where did the recording go. Oh, no, we're good. Now this is going to be great for the recording, just me thinking it was gone. Because it showed – for all, for all you at home, I, uh, I just saw Zach's face contort several times, and I'm just like, well, he must have just lost in solitaire, or something's up on the other end. I don't know why, it just completely disappeared, the recording hey, screen, and went back up. The, for once, hey, for, what? I'm brilliant, I'm, I'm just very pleased right now. <laughs> for once, I am, uh, uh, I'm going to be able to get the tangent train back on track here, but uh, Kip Henley, congratulations getting Stuart Sink's bag. Couldn't have a marriage of two cooler people probably working with each other and uh also uh just uh want to say hi to um our boy colton heisey colton's great uh, since he we want to make this he we were the first podcast he was ever on you know and he wants to as i was i was talking with him on twitter the other day we were messaging back and forth and i said like hey you know how like so-and-so is the official this and that or whatever it's like we can make our podcast the official podcast of colton heisey or whatever and he said he'd love it and i was yeah, just like he... i showed you the screenshot he'll be recurring guest number one for sure <laughs> but um oh yeah no sorry that was it that was all I was going to talk about I just I, I want to mention Colton real quick and did we last week get to mention our new team member we talked yeah about, uh, yeah we did Dumble yeah. 4 yeah just making sure I um yeah he's crushing out some good articles he's I'm working so goddamn hard right now that like I don't know what day of the week it is. Like when you when you texted me on Sunday saying let me know when you're on record tomorrow I'm like what's tom- tomorrow's Monday oh my god I mean and folks, for the record, we're doing this on a Tuesday, just because... It's true. It does. So. I got my softball playoff game tonight. I'm going to hit singles. No dingers. <laughs> singles and rocks. <laughs> From the Back Tees podcast, where we never hit dingers. No. <laughs> Oh, sorry. That's a that's a fun shout out to our friends uh, over at uh, Sports Travel Radio. Most importantly, Dingers, the, the Dingers Pod. Pod, Dingers Pod. Follow them at Dingers Pod. I uh, worked with one of their guys, Ty, and the other fella on the website. I mean, on the podcast, I'm still getting to know him. I forget what his name is off the top of my head, but but they they rotate through their shows like pretty on a regular basis. So it's like they're great. They're... Every, Every time I get an update, it's not the Dingers pod coming up. It's like they do other types of shows too. So, um, yeah, shout out to those guys and uh, paying for it. it. You know, it's not that you paid so much money for Budweiser, Ty. It's that you, that any of you guys up in Canada want an American beer to begin with. I mean, yeah, I don't know why we do that. I guess people here really want Budweiser. It, it, we got Ronas. It, now, now the people in America that drink Budweiser are like. It, it's like Daniel Tosh said when he flies from coast to coast he forgets because he has to look down and see like oh yeah see all those twinkly lights down there those are all people with money and checking accounts too like the, that's what we call like the Midwest in America I'm sorry from like the Mississippi River to almost the East Coast is just 100% blue collar and it's just nothing but it's not like redneck or lower class it's just like no just regular working people and those people buy Coors and Anheuser products by the pallet load without even thinking that, like, oh, I don't want that share in Nevada, that's fruit fruit beer, I mean, just like, and also that's not how people from Ohio sound, but, um, it's just, I don't, there's so much variety that we're getting overkilled with beer, and I get that people have a favorite, it's just, I, I, I put the shoe on the other foot here, where I look at it going, like, okay, well, is there something wrong with Labatt, Labatt's, or, or, uh, or Molson's, or, Molson's uh, are great, 
Ronas. It's Rona season. Okay, but, but what I'm saying is, like, the Canadian beers that are down here, I got a couple people who like them or, like, who seek them out or whatever, but overall, it's just, like, there's not really, like, a really big... I'd say there's a, just the same pining for Budweiser as there's Labatt's, really. I mean, just, like, nobody talks about it. It's yeah, I'm no expert. I, uh, I probably couldn't even tell them apart. But probably, I definitely couldn't tell them apart. Well, but I'm just saying that amongst, like, your peers and, like, advertising that you see in Canada every day, what, what I mean, what is it, like... I would say like Molson. Here, here, in America, we, here in America, we make fun of Budweiser a lot. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Budweiser makes but, the killer commercials with the dogs and the horses. Come on. But, hey, that, that just goes to show you, like, the next level, how they take their advertising to, like, how serious they're going to try and get customers or whatever. I mean, we're in a day and age now where, like, you can have an IPA infused with any fruit that you want. I mean, it's just, like... It's I, true. I, I, <laughs> oh, do you... Since you're American, we don't have it here... Have you dabbled with White Claw? Because that's all I keep hearing about. Um, yeah, I've had a couple of those. Uh, are they those good? Like, they're like the seltzer drinks or something. Yeah, is this like a new drink? It's all I keep hearing about. Uh, yeah, uh, I would say that it's definitely uh, gotten in the mainstream of pop culture right now because you're talking to a guy who like who does drink those like sugary malted drinks or whatever, or like the non-beer alcoholic like beers. You know what I mean? Like I'm those not, are my favorite. I'm, I'm not above going down the store and getting a six-pack of Mike's Hard Lemonade every now and again. Like the girly drinks? Love girly drinks. They Watch your tongue, boy. It's uh, they got some great flavors there. And if it's going to... Oh, I love girly drinks. Me, tell me what tastes better, a Mike's Hard Lemonade or a Budweiser, because both of them have the same alcoholic content. Mike's Hard Lemonade. That's the right. clear there's answer. Nothing, there's nothing girly about it. It's like, I'd say, yeah, Budweiser's manly, and that's it. But, and uh, Mike's Hard Lemonade, girly, but we love it. It doesn't. You don't. We don't have to label it the opposite. <laughs> we just have to accept it. Okay. Well, listen. So, since we're off the rails here, let me ask you this because I did this poll on Twitter today, and uh, I'm getting interesting results because I was just making me some tuna fish, and uh, and I it made me realize. Where's that? Where's my poll? Where's my poll? Okay. I I put a poll that said, "What's your choice when it comes to canned tuna?" And I said, "Because it comes like tuna in oil, tuna in water." first guy to comment was uh, somebody who said uh, I didn't even know it was from Canada he said uh, I've never seen tuna in oil before and I was just like oh really and then he mentioned he's like well up here I was like I was like well I've lived in Maryland Colorado California Oregon like all over this country of America and it's always like there's three variants of tuna to choose from um, and bumblebee chicken of the sea and star kiss <laughs> and and right and like right next to him like side by side is the kind of oil and the kind of water and he wrote back to me saying like oh well up in Canada we uh, I guess we just don't have tuna and oil I'm like so let me ask you is tuna and oil like I only I've always been a tuna and water guy and then one I have day, never I had, had either oh well one day I got accidentally somebody else's bag at the grocery store and there was like eight cans of tuna and oil and I was just like I've never had that before and when I tried it it's the same tasting thing one hundred percent. When you look up the health benefits, one has a tiny bit more of this and one has a tiny bit more of that, but in the end, they're still identical. So that's why I just put up the survey. Right now, in water is beating in oil 77%, Ooh. but only 26 people have voted. So you, what, why don't you to, you know, what's wrong with you? I just don't really like the taste of it. Do, okay, here's question two, and this kind of makes sense. Are you a seafood guy at all? I am, actually, which is odd. So you like fish? I like fish. I don't like raw fish, but I know, like, canned tuna, it's not raw, no? Right. And, I mean, unless you're, like, like unless you're, like, pumping iron, nobody's asking you to eat it out of a can. Oh, yeah. I don't like raw tuna, anchovies, sardines, those those kind of fish. 
No, I get that, but I mean, it's like tuna for me. What I do is like I'll just open a can of tuna, put it in a bowl, like make stir it up really good with a fork, and then just throw one huge tablespoon of mayonnaise. Oh, right oh, that's the it. worst. Anyone listening to this who knows me knows how much I hate mayonnaise. It sickens oh, me. Oh, it sickens me. Mayonnaise is literally the worst food ever to come onto this planet. Why? And I don't know. Everything about it is disgusting. <laughs> we don't need I, I, it. I've heard people say that before. I just want you to give me a reason. <laughs> I, everything about it. If it's white, it ain't right. You know that. <laughs> no, everything about mayonnaise. Jesus, Pete. The texture, well, uh, okay, the flavor. Let me get to this tweet here that uh, somebody um, tweeted me that. I guess was uh, the the question of the day or whatever. Um, oh shoot! I actually I didn't like it yet. Oh, here we go. He said, um, "This is from Ryan Delisle at Jack Datto Seven. He said, and I'm going to read it word for word here. And I'm going to do my best. He said, "Is your dream a quote dream job end quote? I sit at a desk all day and would love to poke my eyes more than anything else in the world." I, it looks like there might be a typo in there and a lack of grammar. English, do you speak it? Well, at any rate, it says, is your dream a dream job? I sit at a desk all day, like, and then it just goes on from there. So, I mean, it's, uh, because, I mean, I, I'm, at first when I read it, I was starting to interpret it in a philosophical deep way to be like, when I dream and I have a job, would that make it a dream job? I mean, <laughs> something like that or whatever, but, um. I think there's two ways know. to interpret it. I think it's either just, what is your dream job or is what you're doing now your dream job. I would say what I what I'm doing for now caddying at Bandon Dunes Golf Resort 365 days a year is the closest thing I'll get to the easiest, funnest, simplest work of my life that especially pays like this too. We might have discussed this already, but caddying professionally, do you think there's any like similarity between people who want to caddy at a course? For those who would want to caddy professionally, like, would you ever want to caddy on the tour, or for some I tour? Would, it would only now going back to what I said earlier. It would really be to me, like I say about hitching your star to the right person. I would only want to caddy on tour if I was like, if it was for somebody I'd worked with a long time and I was friends with that I wanted to help. I think to flip it on the other end of the perspective, if you just look at tour caddies right now, some of them, not most or not all or not half or whatever, some of those caddies. Are just people who are family friends, or like look, look at uh, look at Speed's caddy. He, he I don't think he has a math teacher. He was a math teacher, but he was a very very key part of uh, Jordan's life and like his upbringing and everything or whatever. It'd be like if I had my like let's put it this way: if I was on tour right now, my caddy would be my friend Mike Benia, and Mike Benia and I wash carts together at the bridges of Rancho Santa Fe. He's just a really good golfer. I don't think he's ever caddied in his life or whatever, but just in terms of like what he knows about the game and his brain and everything, it's just like, oh, if I was a caddy, if I was a golfer, I'd have Mikey B on my bag in a heartbeat. I mean, that's just that's just how it goes. Like, so, short answer, he, he, no. He talks a lot, but he, the funny thing about Mike, real quick, that like, makes me love him is he seems to know a lot about the game and he seems to be full of shit, but like he seems to have answers for everything and he backs it up with 100% confidence, not like a salesperson or whatever. Like, according to Mike, Technically, according to Mike Bonilla, sorry, buddy, if you're listening, but uh, he claims that he co-invented and co-designed the original spider mallet head putter design, which made me and my coworkers who were all staying in the same room laugh and go, then what the fuck are you doing making the same 10 bucks an hour with us, dickhead? 
you designed the most incredible mallet putter of all time, and you're bitching about trying to get a Saturday off to go see your kids from your ex-wife down in Arizona. This isn't adding up at all, Mike. Come on. We we know you're like not like a habitual liar or whatever. He's just kind of a, a funny guy like that. I look at it like, yeah, but like if you swing a ball and you hit the ball like a little left or something, he'll right away just like go into like a, a diatribe like if you ask him about what you did wrong there, and he's probably right. Like stuff you couldn't think or feel or see. He's just like, oh, no, it's that. It's just, I'm just like, wow, how'd you know that? I mean, so. Shout out Mike Bonilla, brother of Bobby Bonilla. I know a lot of guys, yeah. I think his contract's finally done. 2035. Um, that's right, 2035, that's right. We still got a ways to go. Um, but, like, my buddy who I caddy with at the Dunes, uh, Brian Kaplaner, Cap, he's from Portland, and he's caddied at Sand Valley first, and that's where he's at right now during the summer times in Wisconsin. And then he comes back to Bandit in the off season. And he actually was sharing stories with me how he was caddying on a lot of mini tours this summer just because, like, you, you hear from – if you actively want to caddy on a tour, all you have to do is get plugged into the network who hears from a guy who hears from a guy. You saw how Colton got Max Homa's job from Twitter. I kind of half-jokingly put in for that Max Homa's job via Twitter. Colton cucked you. What's that? Colton cucked you out of the job. Yeah, well, Colton also wanted to get a passport real fast, and I uh, I still don't have one. <laughs> that's an incredible story of just rushing to get a passport to fly to the Bahamas. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I would say this is my assumption, and I'm going to lower the numbers a little bit because it's an assumption. I would say 25 to 50% of the caddies on tour were, are not career caddies, or whatever. Now... You might have some random cases like Bryson DeChambeau, who has Tim Tucker, who came from Bandon Dunes. I don't know who recommended what, but somehow someone at Bandon Dunes started poking around saying, hey, Bryson's people got in touch with me and said uh, he's looking for a caddy. Do you think we have anyone here who could like, suit the bill or like fit the bill or suit the personality or whatever? And it was Tim. And granted, I think Tim fired Bryson or whatever, and, and like uh, Bryson came crawling back and whatnot. But I mean, it's still, every relationship's a little different, so... Yeah, it seems a lot of right place, right time. Well, a hundred percent, and that's why, like, me caddying for this kid Cash yesterday, and like his parents, like, getting my information, like, asking, demanding for my information, nay, begging for my information, so I could be his caddy when he just comes to play tournaments here, which he does. I mean, like, I'm I'm trying to like calm myself down here to be like, oh my god, in seven eight years, who knows what this kid could be. I mean, you just saw the U.S. Amateur, right? That uh, there was like that one teenager that was rocking for the longest time. What's his name? Uh, oh, that it was, was Augustine, was it? That was gonna drive me crazy. Yeah, we didn't cover too much U.S. Amateur talk. We'll do that. Uh, we'll do that next episode. Wink, wink. But yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, uh, sorry. Let's. Uh, I'm I'm getting more things rolling in on Twitter here. So, oh, it's more just a tuna talk. Man, everyone really likes the water. Man. So is my dream a dream job? I sit at a desk all day. Well, Brian, where are you from, Ryan? This says, uh... We need more context. Poor poor Ryan doesn't have a picture or a background picture. Uh, his only information is he joined in January 2011 and how many followers and following. Not followed by anyone I'm following. Um, interesting. Yep, no idea who that guy is. We're going to have to but start doing... Live, live questions are like periscopes at some point. New season. We're going to have a whole list of things for a new, new season. I did put up a poll a while ago uh, asking, and it was an easy question. I knew how it was going to go, but asking if I should live tweet, like, uh, no, like, go, go live on Twitter from my end 
because if I like songs, I'm not terribly distracted. I can like see if people are commenting or whatever because they can at least see. I don't know. I only have 300 followers, man. I mean, it's just I don't. I don't have anybody really to. Uh, you know, we could like, go live from our end. We're getting we'll up there. You, you're from the back tees. I'm just Jerry Luke. Like I created that that account that you got to know me on and how we met or whatever was to brand myself as a caddy just at my resort. Nothing else. It was like it was like literally having a business card with just one phone number on it that was just for one thing. Yeah. No, but we could periscope always from the account. That would be a good idea. Lots of ideas. Right now, right now I would settle for us getting onto a medium that isn't Skype because. Every single time I start to listen to one of our podcasts, I hear the sound quality, I just turn it off, and I I feel real bad to everyone out there, because that's what made me ditch a lot of podcasts, and I apologize. I would so. say give it three, four episodes max before we're going to have a producer helping behind the scenes, hopefully like a soundboard kind thing, because I'm going to be recording from my school, which is a radio booth. So you're going to have set times then where I'm going to have to... No, no, because I'll be able to go whenever. Oh, this okay. isn't this isn't part of the school. Just studio on call. It's just like open recordings whenever. Well, because it's very like creative school, so you could go whatever time to work on your own projects. Okay. So I'll just go whenever. I'll go nine o'clock at night. I'll ask some guy who's studying there with me. Hey, you want to practice your producing? We'll have a guy behind the scenes working on the audio. Put in some some great noises, whatever. The sound hey, the sound drops would be fun. Uh, I really uh, I would really dig that. So. You got a Canadian fun fact for us before we uh, wrap this mother up? I do have one for you. Do you know that... Wait, I had it. The world's largest Sony big screen TV is in the Roger Center where the Blue Jays play? Do you want to guess how big it is? The Roger Center? No, the <laughs> the Sony the TV. Screen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. I meant to say the screen. The it's Roger the biggest screen. actual screen. Because it's one screen. I'm, trying to, I'm picturing it in my head right now, so I'm trying to... Okay, let me just ask you this. Uh, what unit of measurement is the answer given in? Like square feet or feet. Uh, dimensions or what? Just feet. Like, like, like X by feet Y? Feet by feet, yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, so dimensions. Um, I would say it's... Um, 60 by 100. Not not bad. Not so close, but not bad. <laughs> 30, 33 by 110. Oh, that's weird. It's skinny. Yeah. Oh, I, I was trying to proportion it better in my head. Yeah, not bad. I would have guessed. I would have guessed more like 62. Oh. Uh, well, you uh, got the I, width right. Yeah. Well, close. I mean, <laughs> it's a big ass TV. That is, uh, absolutely. I mean, now I'm trying to think of all the other ones I've seen that are, like, wow, they feel that they feel bigger, but... Well, 110 feet like, wide is pretty big. Well, 29 votes are in so far, only two hours into the poll, and 76% in water. Polls? That's a lot of votes. And if, and if anyone's uh, learning anything here, uh, one guy said, uh, oil is less dry. Thank you, Raging Moderate, at Off the Grid 777. Um... <laughs> Somebody said, in water, tuna mixed and with Miracle Whip and sweet relish on different kinds of bread is the bomb. Miracle Whip? Oh my god, Keith. Miracle Whip? That's, that's what mayonnaise turns into. You need yeah. to get out. Yeah, no, that's that's also gross. Miracle Whip's fine, but it's when I'm like, I'm sorry, I only have Miracle Whip when I'm having like a, literally a bologna and American cheese sandwich on white Wonder Bread. <laughs> like, I, I have to get real specific if I want to have Miracle Whip. Yeah, no pass for him on the Miracle Whip comment. 
that will two people just like that that tweet of his and he tweeted 10 minutes ago as i was saying (laughs) (laughs) oh goodness who is this guy keith cook at underscore keith cook shout out keith cook yeah michigan yeah see i get a lot of these uh golf advisor guys that follow me and I want to bash Golf Advisor, but I don't because a lot of these people seem very nice. But then there's guys on there like, I, I think I blocked him before I figure out how to mute him or whatever. But like Brian Tweed, certainly a nice guy, but every week he was doing like, Brian Tweed's top 10 movies. It's just like, Brian, who the fuck are you? Like, And then he's just like, Brian Tweed's top 10 courses in Nebraska. And the next week, Brian Tweed's top 10 courses in Nebraska again. It's just like, wait, no, if you're going to give us lists, list, you got to get the fuck out. you got to watch more movies. you got to play more it's golf. It's list yeah, after list for those guys. And, you know, that's fine. I, I love lists, but you have to expose yourself. That's why I won't really sound off on something unless I feel I'm an expert at it. And there's not too many things I'm an expert at. There's just a handful of movies and the game of golf. Like, I, I stopped teaching golf once I realized I came across a couple students that had a problem that I couldn't fix that I was going through. I dubbed myself a non-expert and withdrew myself from the position. Now I'm just now getting confident enough at golf that I can tell someone, like, are you better than me? No? Then fuck off. Like, I want to use golf as ultimate equalizer to be like, you, you don't like my advice? Well, who's better right now? Okay. <laughs> Another fair point. Yeah. Uh, so, anything else we want to, uh, any shout outs, any plugs we want to cover while I queue up the music before we uh, get out of here? No, I think that's all. I think we'll head to next week. The last that's tournament good. of the year. The last what? It's the last tournament of the year. Oh, I thought you said last episode. I'd be like, no, 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 no. No, we're back. I, I don't want this to be. Like a uh, like uh, like the first podcast I ever started listening to was like the ESPN Fantasy Baseball podcast, and when it was the off season, they went dark. Like they went. Like, oh no! Like you were like, you got one podcast a month, and I get it. There's not much to talk about. Blah blah blah. But I want our show to definitely keep going. And yeah, I mean, we didn't talk about much as golf. You've heard, as you've heard from the past, uh, how long we've been doing this here? The past uh, almost fifty minutes, uh, we haven't talked that much golf. <laughs> I mean, we can talk golf and the stuff. That's we talk lots about, about hipsters, though. God, well, people need to know. They need like, to know. People need to know, yes. People need to know about the <laughs> problem that is plaguing uh, our great country, or my great country, and the state of Oregon, and um, the city that I love that is Portland. So, Nolan, um, get your fire extinguisher in your broom. Start, start cleaning up the streets. We, uh, we, we see what happened in L.A., the tent city. Uh, something's got to happen. So Can't have that happen in your backyard. Folks, you can find me only on Twitter. That's about it. At Jerry Lou Looper one. That's the number one. And uh, you can contact me through our website. And Zach can tell you what that is. Uh, you could check out our website www.fromthebacktees.com. Oh, we don't need the www anymore. You can find our Twitter. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll advocate that. Yeah, just from at, the back tees. At from the back tees, and also it would do us a great service if you subscribe to our pod and give us five stars because we know how much Jerry loves the five stars and he needs to eliminate the three star. I, you know what, I made the mistake of looking a couple times, which means I'm guilty like that. I wanted to be that guy who never looked at a review, never looked at the numbers. I just wanted to keep making the donuts and and keep and keep shoving the donuts out the door. That's it. It's true. On to next that's, week. That's, that's why I am I'm thrilled and honored to do this for the dozens and dozens of you who are listening right now. That's probably That's what the numbers really are. To be fair, I can't hey, say hundreds. We've, we've hit the hundreds. We have a hundred with the F after. We've got work to do to get to the, to the K. All right, folks. Well, uh, that'll do it for this week. Hopefully, uh, we'll be posting this very soon. And uh, I got nothing else, Zach. I'm out. See you next right. week. See you next week.